The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to the crowds, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside look beautiful, but inside are full of the bones of the dead and of all kinds of filth. So you also on the outside look righteous to others, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous, and you say, If we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part with them in shedding the blood of the prophets. Thus you testify against yourselves that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets. Fill up, then, the measure of your ancestors. The Gospel of the Lord. On Monday of this week, we began reading from St. Paul's first letter to the Thessalonians. According to scholars, it's the earliest writing in the entire New Testament, written about 51 AD on St. Paul's second missionary journey. And Thessalonica was an important city because it was right on the trade route. It was on the Ignatian Way, connecting east and west of the Mediterranean. So for Paul, this would be an excellent center to spread the gospel. Now, unfortunately, as soon as Paul had set up this church, he was run out of town. Some thugs had come, and he basically had to leave, flee for his life. He was very concerned, though, that there wasn't enough time to build up the community. And so he sent Timothy back a little later to see how they were doing. Timothy came back to Paul with a wonderful report, and we hear about it now in the first reading, all through this week, actually, beginning on Monday, in which St. Paul commends the Thessalonian church because of their work of faith, hope, and love. He keys on those three theological virtues and says, you have great faith, you have hope in the future, and you are loving your neighbor, which is great because Paul knows that they are right on this hub of activity and their love would be recognized throughout the entire region because, again, this is a trade route. He also mentions in Monday's first reading, chapter 1 of First Thessalonians, that what really helped them was the Holy Spirit, which accompanied the preaching of Paul. And they accepted the Holy Spirit, and now the Holy Spirit was working within their hearts, even though Paul was no longer there. And so in the power of the Holy Spirit, with full conviction, they grew in their faith, hope, and love. And they made a great example to their neighbors. Paul says, in every place your faith in God has become known. For the people of those regions report what kind of welcome we had among you and how you turned to God from idols. So these were basically Gentiles who believed in all kinds of false gods who were converted by the preaching of Paul and now they were doing their own work of evangelizing their neighbor. So that was Monday's reading. And in today's reading, because yesterday we had the Feast of St. Bartholomew, but today's reading moves into chapter 2 of 1 Thessalonians, and Paul now is continuing to extol the church of the Thessalonians. And he now mentions that they have accepted the word of Paul, his oral teaching, as inspired as the word of God. Now that's important for our Catholic faith in oral tradition. It's right here, Paul is saying, 
What I preached to you orally, you accepted as what it is really, not just human words, but the word of God. And that's what built them up. Now, unfortunately, we're also reading this week, Matthew chapter 23, where Jesus is now criticizing the professional religious leaders of the day, which were the Pharisees. Whereas these neophytes, these new converts in Thessalonica were doing wonderful work for God, the Pharisees were doing the opposite. And so Matthew chapter 23 contains the seven woes, almost like curses way back in the Old Testament in the book of Deuteronomy. There were all kinds of curses that God said would befall the people if they turned away from him. Well, here they are enumerated by Jesus himself. They are the opposite of the Beatitudes that are just a little earlier in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. But now, Jesus is enumerating the woes. And on Monday's Gospel, he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, because you are hypocrites. You lock people out of the kingdom of God. So rather than evangelizing and bringing converts into the church, they're locking the people away because of their minute hundreds of these regulations which tied up the people in heavy burdens. And of course, the Pharisees never practiced them themselves. So Jesus says, Woe to you hypocrites, for you lock people out of the kingdom of heaven. Woe to you hypocrites, you make the new convert twice as much a child of hell as yourself. So even if they did manage to have someone convert to their sect of Phariseeism, and these new converts were very zealous, they were zealous for the wrong things, and they were being led into hell. And then, woe to you blind guides, nitpicking oaths, promises to God. And they had this weird argument that any oath sworn by the altar is not a real oath, but only if it's sworn by the gold on the altar. And Jesus sees through that and says, well, actually, it's the altar that makes the gold sacred. It's the sanctuary itself that makes it all sacred, because that's where God dwells. God knows their insincerity with respect to oaths. They're trying to get out of their promises. In today's gospel, the woes continue, and Jesus says, Woe to you, Pharisees and scribes, whitewashed tombs. Now, what's he getting at there? The Pharisees held that if you even touched a tomb or even a headstone of a tomb, you became unclean because many people were traveling, especially to the pilgrimage feast in Jerusalem. They might accidentally bump up against a headstone, especially if it wasn't really noticeable. What they would do is whitewash these tombs so that they shone out for everyone to see so they could avoid them. And Jesus is saying, well, you're like the whitewashed tombs. You're beautiful on the outside, but inwardly, you're full of dead man's bones. Again, the focus of the Pharisees was on their outward appearance, but neglecting their inward purity of the heart. And then Jesus says, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees. You say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would not have taken part in the shedding of the blood of prophets. Thus you testify against yourself that you are descendants of those who murdered the prophets. In other words, children normally tend to imitate their parents. He's saying, you Pharisees are imitating your ancestors. You've already admitted that you are the descendants of these who killed the prophets, and now you're plotting to kill me. Fill up then the measure of your ancestors. 
In other words, all the blood shed from the blood of Abel all the way to the last prophet in the Old Testament was filling up the cup of wrath, and now it would be overflowing because of the scribes and Pharisees going to kill God himself. This would provoke the wrath of God, and this is a veiled reference to the destruction of the Jewish temple in 70 AD. For us today, one of the real dangers of the Pharisees, they were totally oblivious to their spiritual condition. They thought they were the righteous ones. And I think we need to be careful as well and make sure we examine our conscience daily to ensure that we're not slipping into a kind of hypocrisy or any kind of insincerity because we do profess faith and we do come to Mass and we do those things that we should do. But what's in our heart is everything. We're called to recognize what happened with the professional religious leaders of the day, how they failed, and how it was actually the new converts in Thessalonica that did the good work of God. Let us be like those new converts and let the Holy Spirit fill us as we build up our family of parishes in faith, hope, and love, just as the early converts did in Thessalonica, so that those who look upon us from the outside will say, this truly is a work of God. And that would be a wonderful thing for our family.